Support for the show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power the collaboration needed for teams to accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or two million, Atlassian software is built to help keep you connected and moving together as one. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm Scott Galloway, and this is No Mercy, No Malice. If a firm is good enough for long enough, it inevitably achieves market dominance and then increases profits from suffocating competition rather than continuing to innovate. The U.S.'s proud legacy of antitrust clears the airways of the free market, and we all benefit. Searching for a Breakup, as read by George Hahn. Quote, The notion that power should be limited so that no person or institution can enjoy unaccountable influence is at the very root of our democracy. Unquote. Tim Wu, Columbia University. Capitalism is the most powerful system devised to elevate the human condition. Its oxygen is innovation, which requires healthy markets. America has a proud legacy of knowing when a corporate organism has morphed into an invasive species suffocating an ecosystem via predatory pricing, bundling, or other actions that control the supply of products and or services. Historically, we step in. A competitive marketplace takes precedence over an aggregation of individual or corporate power. Antitrust laws pierce the canopy, oxygenating the marketplace and preserving a core attribute of innovation and prosperity. Churn. In the 19th century, a series of trusts were established in the belief that a centralization of power and sectors run by thoughtful men would be good for the economy. Soon, there was recognition that the resultant abuse and income inequality warranted an antitrust movement. When Teddy Roosevelt broke up Standard Oil, it was a signal to the nation that Americans were in charge, not American corporations. The government was the sheriff, protecting the little guy. History is rhyming. This week, in a federal court in Washington, the Department of Justice is attempting a similar Heimlich maneuver on the $180 billion search market. One of the biggest antitrust trials in decades. We're talking about Google. DOJ is accusing Google of shouldering out competitors 
by making deals with phone makers to be the dominant search engine on their devices. Bill Gates and Paul Allen founded Microsoft in 1975 in the shadow of industry behemoth IBM. For decades, IBM was something akin to today's Apple, Google, and Microsoft rolled into one dominant company. So dominant, it was sued by the U.S. government for antitrust violations, which triggered a major change to IBM's business model. It unbundled software and hardware, meaning it stopped giving its software away for free to its hardware customers. This created, for the first time, a competitive market for software, a market that Gates and Allen would enter just six years later, developing software for the emerging category of personal computers. Over the next decade, Microsoft software would power the PC revolution. MS-DOS in 1981, Word in 1983, Windows and Excel in 1985, PowerPoint in 1987. Tellingly, PowerPoint was acquired from a nascent competitor, not developed in-house. Over the next decade, Microsoft became known more for entrenchment than innovation. Embrace, extend, and extinguish was the company's strategy for suffocating would-be competitors. It worked. Microsoft supplanted IBM as the dominant force in computing. By 1998, Windows controlled over 90% of the PC operating system market, and Bill Gates was the wealthiest person in the world. As with IBM before it, Microsoft's success was recognized with the Business World's Lifetime Achievement Award, a DOJ antitrust suit. Now, Microsoft has said that a lot has changed here, that the marketplace has changed, and therefore all of their conduct is of no significance. The central fact remains that in the operating system market and the applications market, where Microsoft has a monopoly, their market share has increased consistently since the day this trial began. They are currently over 95 The crux of the government's claim was similar to that made against IBM a quarter century earlier. Microsoft was abusing its commanding position to limit rivals' ability to get traction with competing products. The headline product in 1998 was the browser. Netscape represented Microsoft's first serious competitive threat in a decade. To stop it, the company bundled its Explorer browser for free with Windows and cut deals with PC manufacturers to make Explorer the default browser on computers. The DOJ believed this was anti-competitive, the court agreed, and the company signed a consent decree ensuring PC manufacturers greater flexibility regarding the software they bundled with Windows-powered computers. The DOJ's enforcement action oxygenated the marketplace in ways nobody could have foreseen. The same year the department sued Microsoft, the cycle was beginning again. Larry Page and Sergey Brin founded Google in 1998, and over the next decade, their company rode a wave of innovation to global dominance. AdWords, the revenue-generating portion of the business, launched in 2000, then Gmail in 2004, Maps in 2005, 
Docs in 2006, Android in 2007, and Chrome in 2008. All built on the success of the company's core products, Google Search and the Android operating system, just as Microsoft built its empire on the dominance of its Windows operating system. Would Google exist today had the DOJ not sued Microsoft? Unlikely. Microsoft tried to compete with Google in search and mobile in the 2000s, but unable to deploy its bundling and exclusivity strategies, it had to rely on its products, which were inferior. Google doesn't dominate computing today to the extent Microsoft did in 1998. Nobody does, as computing is a much broader space. But its control of search, the most common entry point to the Internet, is a nearly pitch-perfect echo of Microsoft circa 2001. Similarly, a quarter century after its founding, Google has a more than 90% market share, a sclerotic artifact of market power versus a function of innovation. Its market dominance creates a virtuous cycle of increasing power. An estimated 9 billion Google searches occur every day versus 400 million for Bing. The massive delta of data and reach makes for a better product. Click-through rates for ads on Google are 30% greater than on Bing. More usage equals more data equals more advertising and so on. Today, Google's parent, Alphabet, is worth $1.75 trillion and employs 175,000 people. However, what was the last innovative Google product? Restructuring the brand's architecture under Alphabet? Earnings growth has mostly been a function of finding new ways to extract profits from its monopoly. Google's search results have become a billboard for Google-sponsored results, interspersed with content harvested from other sites and links to Google's own services. In 2020, the markup found that Google-associated results, ads for or links to the company's other services, constituted over 60% of the first screen of an average Google search result. And in one of five searches, the entire first screen is Google results. This is the meat of its business. Search ads generate 57% of the company's revenue. Despite turning search results into a carousel of ads and Google services, Google has racked up 90% market share in search queries, 95% on mobile. How? As Microsoft once did, it leverages its control over the most popular mobile operating system, Android, and spends unprecedented sums on deals assuring it is the default search engine on computers and phones. More than $10 billion per year. Google says it's the leader because it has the best product. But if that's so, why pay $10 billion a year to be the default? Dominance in search is also self-fulfilling, as it gives the company unrivaled data regarding what people search for and what results generate clicks. 
and Google's ability to harvest additional data from adjacent products, including mail, makes it increasingly difficult for competitors to get traction. The difference? Google learned from the sins of the father and has tried to insulate itself from antitrust enforcement through lobbying and PR. Google spent over $10 million on lobbying in 2022. In the late 1990s, Microsoft's only presence in D.C. was an office in the suburbs focused on selling software to government agencies. In addition, today's tech giants recognize CEO likability is key. Wojcicki, Pichai, and Sandberg made millions for their management skills, but billions as likability heat shields for their businesses' abuses. The DOJ's current lawsuit, one of several actions the federal government has taken against tech companies on antitrust and other grounds, reflects a much-needed renewal of our free market instincts. Yes, government action is a component of a free market, despite what the techno-libertarian crowd would have you believe. Markets are not the product of divine creation coupled with a laissez-faire approach to regulation, but a function of human effort that depends on rules and enforcement to work efficiently. We've lost our way with respect to this, see above lobbying, and are paying the price with declining competition and innovation. And not just in tech. Three companies control 95% of the U.S. beverage market. Four dominate the meat business, and rising meat prices are the largest contributor to food price inflation. Four airlines control over two-thirds of U.S. air travel, though they are substandard. The highest-ranked U.S. airline by quality of service is Delta, in 20th place behind Air New Zealand. The next is United, in 49th place, trailing Azul Brazilian and Malaysia Airlines. Monopoly has its privileges, however. In 2014, The Economist calculated that U.S. airlines generated $22.40 in profits per passenger, while European airlines, subject to the rigors of a free market, earned just $7.84. We see similar consolidation in banking, pharmaceuticals, healthcare, retail drugstores, publishing, where the DOJ recently had a big win stopping the merger of Penguin Random House with Simon & Schuster, eyeglasses, and beer. Waves of consolidation are washing over nearly every sector. Antitrust enforcement actions are perceived as punishments or moral judgments, but we should think of them as recognition. If a company is good enough for long enough, It can achieve market dominance and earn its profits from stifling competition versus competing on products or services. It's the logical shareholder-driven thing to do. And when we stop them, the benefits accrue to almost everyone. When the U.S. broke up Standard Oil in 1911, its largest shareholder, John D. Rockefeller, became the wealthiest man in the world. The separated companies, free to compete and innovate in the market, were worth dramatically more than when bundled together. 
The breakup of AT&T unlocked enormous value in the telecommunications industry, leading to more patents, more profits, and eventually the fertile ground needed for the internet market explosion in the 1990s. Microsoft wasn't broken up in 2001, but it flourished despite the limitations the DOJ put on it, becoming a more innovative company. The action also fired the starting gun for growth in a sector that's created enormous stakeholder value. This month's trial concerning Google's search dominance likely won't lead to the breakup of Alphabet. However, I believe severing YouTube and Google would create significant value for shareholders, employees, and customers who'd see their rents decline. Soon after the breakup, the Alphabet board would demand a strategy for competing in video. And the newly constituted YouTube board would ask how the company was going to challenge its former parent in text search. Even without a breakup, limitations on Google's ability to perform infanticide on emerging competitors would be welcome. History suggests we are at the start of another 25-year cycle. Just as the web was driving innovation in 1998, when Google was founded, and personal computers drove Microsoft's early success, AI appears to be the emerging volcanic force. We need to ensure that the nascent challengers to Google and to Meta and Apple and Amazon have the light, air, and space needed to survive and create trillions in shareholder value and hundreds of thousands of jobs. This isn't about just search engine advertising, or even tech. The power of incumbents to suffocate insurgents before they can grow is mirrored in our society at large. Ground zero for many of the biggest challenges facing America can be traced to one core problem. For the first time in our nation's history, 30-year-olds aren't doing as well as their parents were at 30. This creates rage, shame, and a loss of faith in one another and the country. Limiting Google's default deals or breaking it up won't cure these ills. But it's a step and a model for what we need to do elsewhere. Clear incumbent overgrowth, creating the light and space for the young to prosper. Life is so rich. Claude3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.